1: Welcome to the Situation Report today. Very glad to have you joining me. This is the show where we do our very best to give you the information and perspectives you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. My name is Jeremy Stonlicker. I am your host. And again, glad to have you joining the conversation. Today, I have an incredible guest on, uh, someone that I'm excited to introduce to you and someone that I hope you will get behind. Trent Talbot is my guest today. He is the Publisher, the CEO of Brave Books. You've heard us talk about Brave Books in the past. Some of our other guests, Jack Posobiec and others, who have written books that Brave Books has published. These are children's books that deal with cultural issues. And what I love about this is on our show and on a lot of the other places that I do my best to engage with culture, uh, we talk about what it is to navigate a culture that is constantly changing. As a parent, this is very important to me. Perhaps you're a parent or a grandparent. Uh, You have in your life young people who are growing up in this world where culture is changing all of the time. And we're trying to understand how best to navigate that personally, but then how to help those in our world who are growing up in this world to navigate that for themselves. And Trent... And his company and the books that he's producing uh, really are engaging with that. He he talks about pushing back on culture, and I'm looking forward to sharing this conversation with you. But before we get there, uh, just perspective on this. I have really struggled personally with conservative people and, for me, Christian conservative people who are not taking the issues of the day and the issues of culture seriously as it relates to their children. Uh, So many of the things that we talk about, we could talk about critical race theory, we could talk about all of the ancillary then conversations about race in America and um, what racism is, what it is not, what it looks like, how it plays out, where it comes from, all these questions we deal with. We could look at a subject like that. Um, These gender issues and so much of really what we talk about, what we're dealing with our gender issues. What does it mean to be male and female? <laughs> so many would say, well, you can't really define male or female. Uh, you get to choose what you want to be, or perhaps what you are biologically is different than what you are in essence. And you get to change that. We've talked a lot about that. And, and all these things are being pushed culturally. Now, these issues have always existed. This is not new. This has always been a part of life. But it's always played in the background. Uh, People who believe that racism is systemic in the sense that uh, it goes back generations, that you can be racist by simply falling within a category that they, as those who are pushing this agenda, have defined. (laughs) They get to define what it is, whether you agree with that or not. If you fall within their narrow definition, you are by definition, their definition racist. Uh, this has always existed, but it's always existed in the background. In fact, we can go back to the civil rights era and see that many, many, many folks stood up against the mainstream narrative, against what was happening in culture at the time, to push back and really proclaim what was declared in our declaration of independence that all men are created equal. That was something declared and written, something not adhered to for many, many years. And folks came along and said, no, this is what it is to be American. This is what it is to be created by God, to be human. We are all equal before God. And people stood up and and stood for that. We can go back and see others standing up, black, white, every nationality standing up together saying there is a right and there is a wrong, and we're going to defend that. But somewhere outside of all of that, there were still people saying, you don't get it. You fall within my narrow definition, and I'm going to be angry about it, and I'm going to call you names because of it. It's always been there. The gender issues have always been there. Uh, There have always been people who identified as something other than what they were born biologically. Uh, All of this has always existed in the background. But now we're at a cultural moment where acceptance of how people choose to live and what people choose to do, a willingness to allow people to be what they want to be and answer to God for how they choose to live, uh, that has changed. It's become militant, It's become something that we're told we must accept, not only as okay for other people, but okay for all people. In fact, as a Christian, uh, I am being told, and if you're a Christian, you are being told, that what the Bible says is not relevant to culture today. That, in fact, what the Bible says, that is the book given to us by the Creator, who designed all of this, who tells us how we should live, uh, that really it has no place That we, as those who were created, get to decide what is right and wrong. Not God, the arbiter of truth, (laughs) of right and wrong. So we find ourselves at a cultural, uh, really, impasse. Those who hold to traditional, conservative, Christian, biblical values, and those who don't. What has been crazy to me, and what I've struggled with in all of this has been conservatives and Christians who don't see any of this as a problem. Who may personally say, well, I don't agree with that, but I'm not going to push back. I'm not going to stand up. In fact, I'll just go along with it. I'll give you a very simple illustration, and you listening may completely disagree with me. That's okay. A lot of people disagree with me, so I don't really worry about that too much. But here's a simple illustration for me. It's something we've talked about on this show before. I've had guests on talking about this. But the current position of the Disney Corporation, I, I, I hate to bring this up again and again, but this has been pivotal, p- pivotal in my thinking about this. My growing up years, I grew up here in Southern California. Um, man, the days of the $20 Southern California pass to Disneyland, that's when I was a kid. You could pay $20, go to Disneyland. It was awesome. Uh, we spent a lot of time at Disneyland, family Events, we went to Disneyland. Vacations, we went to Disneyland. (laughs) That's what we did. It was close, uh, relatively inexpensive because we could drive there and we could get a cheap hotel and stay in the area. And it was a a great thing. We loved it. We watched all of the Disney movies. I actually grew up kind of on the tail end of the Sunday night Disney movies. We were watching all the nature films and all the old Disney movies. They were on Sunday nights. Uh, And then watching the movies as they came out... This has been a big part of my life growing up. I raised my kids to spend time at Disneyland to watch Disney movies, and then Disney acquired things like Marvel and the Star Wars franchise, so they had everything. That's where we spend a lot of our time. When Disney Plus came out, it provided access to all of those things on demand. It was great. And then (laughs) Disney decided in Florida that they would use their influence to try to Change state law. But not just change state law, but change state law regarding how sexuality is taught to children in school. In fact, when the governor of the state of Florida said that sexual preference and sexuality generally shouldn't be taught to kindergartners through third grade, uh, this Don't Say Gay Bill, we've talked about it on this show before. That's not the title, by the way, of the bill. That's not even what it talks about. The bill explicitly says that sexuality of any kind, hetero or otherwise, should not be discussed with children of those ages. Those in the trans community latched onto that and said it was hateful speech. The Disney Corporation, who is there to make money, (laughs) tried to wield their influence to overturn that, to push an agenda on very young children as it relates to sexuality. That's a problem. At the same time, executives of the Disney Corporation had produced videos that are available to anyone that wants to find them, where they talk about this gay agenda, this agenda to uh, really turn their films aimed at small children toward an education to help young people accept an alternate sexual lifestyle. It's very aggressive, it's very intentional, and it is being pushed by the family corporation, Disney, We've always known or have long known that the Disney Corporation was friendly to those in the uh, homosexual and trans community. Again, they're a corporation. They want to make money. That's fine. (laughs) But they've moved from we're accepting of this lifestyle to we are doing everything we can to leverage our influence, to leverage our creativity, our products, our money to educate young children so that they'll grow up with an alternate view of sexuality. They're trying to change culture, and they're doing it by engaging with small children. With all of that in mind, I, as a father, had to sit my family down and my kids down and talk about this. I was very hesitant because of my connection to Disney. I was hoping that it was a mistake that they would come back and say, No, we messed that up. That's not what we meant. Let us... Uh, help you to be okay with all of this, but they did the opposite. They doubled down. And I had to sit my kids down and help them to understand that we can't support a company who is explicitly anti what God has designed, who is anti uh, living the life that we've been created to live, who is anti normative culture. We had that discussion. We had to take action on that. Very simple steps. These don't probably seem like big things, they felt like big things. And then I see other families, other people who would say they believe the same things that I do, who have children that don't seem to think this is a very big deal. And I wonder where all of this takes us. I wonder at what point Christian parents who have dismissed some of these things as simply corporations doing what corporations do, who have looked past the fact that many of these corporations have explicitly said that it is their goal (laughs) to indoctrinate very small children. I wonder at what point Christian parents say, Maybe this is a bad idea, and although it's uncomfortable, not something that we would prefer, we're going to do something different. I don't know where that point is, but I hope that Christian parents, I hope that conservative parents will get a hold of the fact that those in the world largely are not doing what they can to encourage our kids to live the life that we would say is important. It's our responsibility as parents to educate our kids, to protect our kids, to teach our kids. I'm not saying shelter your children so they don't know that these things happen. Help them to understand them. Help them to navigate an ever-changing culture just as we must. But don't passively expose them to the poison that will eventually bear some kind of fruit in their lives. I'm thankful to that end. That there are people who are stepping up to create content, not only for kids, but for young people and families that don't have this anti-God, anti-normative culture agenda attached to it. Very thankful for those that are doing this. We've been following uh, recently much of the work of The Daily Wire. If you follow Ben Shapiro and The Daily Wire, you know that they are (laughs) investing money, time, energy, and resources into producing content uh, that encourages families and encourages young people. They've talked a lot about this, and we'll see more from them in the days ahead. Other independent media companies are doing the same, and we support that. Certainly, we need to get behind that and champion that. Um, and not all of these are Christian messages, but they're certainly conservative messages in that they can serve the message of family values and what it means to be an American and the fact that we can be proud of who we are as Americans. We support these companies. One of those companies that has come along just in the last year, but man, have they made a big splash is Brave Books. We've talked about them in the past. Uh, folks like Jack Posobiec have been on. We interviewed uh, DC Drano, who also has written children's books for them. Others, uh, Zubi just recently wrote a book for uh, Brave Books. And these are books aimed at young children to help set straight Much of what culture is trying to turn on its head, and I'm so thankful for the work that they do. I'm thankful for the vision of their CEO, Trent Talbot, and very grateful to be able to share this conversation with you. It's important that we not only talk about the problem, and on this show, we try to not just talk about the problem, but also introduce solutions, We know there's a problem, so what are we going to do? Trent says in this interview, he decided with his uh, very small child sitting on his lap that he was going to push back. This is how he's pushed back. All of us need to make the same decision, identify the problem, and then push back. How do we do that? Well, we've got a great guest on that can help us understand that. This is my interview with Trent Talbot. My guest today is Trent Talbot. Trent is a physician, an entrepreneur, and the reason we're talking today, he is the CEO of Brave Books, and if you have followed this show, you've heard me talk to a number of folks who have written for Brave Books. Uh, So great to have you on, Trent. Thank you for joining us. I know you're very
2: busy and appreciate your time. Man, it's awesome to be here, Jeremy. Thank you so much for having me.
1: You have a, a really interesting background, and I'd like to start with that. Maybe you can tell us your story a little bit, how maybe how you grew up kind of what formed you conservatively and in your worldview and then how you went from physician maybe it's not a big leap I don't know but from physician to a children's book publisher
2: yeah um yes a long story so I I grew up in a in you know down here in Texas Beaumont Texas um I'd say my my family was conservative um we we went to church every Sunday but I, I definitely did not wasn't religious the second i left uh the house and went off to college went to texas a&m i uh, i was sort of of the world and definitely not Mm -hmm. saved and um and then just sort of spent 15 years i guess just trying to find my way um i i anyway i i ended up going to med school was an ophthalmologist um was saved about three and a half years ago and since then at that time i wasn't really conservative and you know i was like single and just doing my own thing, wasn't wasn't really thinking about things like politics or religion. Just yep. just doing my thing, and then uh, but I was saved. That was a definite huge life change, um, and just got me thinking, seeing things different, seeing the world different. Um, then I got married and had a daughter, wow. and so yeah, yeah, yeah. So the story is I'm 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 uh, I'm, I'm scrolling through Twitter, holding my three week old daughter Charlotte in my arms, and I see the trailer for the movie Cuties on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you saw that, Jeremy. Um, I have seen but, the trailer and yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Gross. that's about was, as far as I would go. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Good call. I, I didn't see the movie, but I saw the trailer and that was enough for me. And, and just blew my mind on, you know, cause it was clear that this was meant to sexualize young girls man, right. and to hyper-sexualize, you know, you know, them and, and just hold my daughter. And, and it just sent me down this rabbit hole of hell in which I was looking at what our culture is teaching our kids. And um, after that, I was sort of a new man and and just had this, was on a mission to, to fight back. And the way I thought best to fight back was to create an alternative that helped parents reinforce the values that they believed in. You know, I mean, the left has, left is teaching the left, you know, all of their progressive ideas. And, and there wasn't anybody at that time really push him back. So that's what I wanted to do. I'm
1: looking for a tweet from uh, Dave Reboy. I want to share with you and get your, your thoughts on, but um, your faith story is interesting. Most people statistically don't become Christians in adulthood. And, you know, I was raised as a child. I was raised as a child. <laughs> I was a child when I was being raised, um, but I was raised in a Christian home and um, I accepted Christ when I was, when I was young, but went into the Marine Corps and, for all intents and purposes, I, I certainly respected God. I wasn't against God. I wasn't running from God. But I was as engaged as I needed to be. And then I got married, and I'm like, it's probably a good idea to go to church. And and to God used that. What were what some of the things that uh, got a hold of you, you know, later in your life when you're in a career, you're working, you're doing your thing? How how did God get a hold of you in terms of salvation at that time in your life?
2: So I was—I would say I was actively against God. I mean, I, I thought Christianity was absolute foolishness. And, and um, but I had a publishing company. Um, after I started during med school, and we ended up um, selling a part of it to a group of individuals. And as I got to to know the, these guys, you know, they were some of the most solid people I've ever met. I'm mean, just, just everything in their lives was great. Their business was run incredibly well, their marriages, their family life. Their, I mean, they just were the most impressive people I've ever met. And they were all, not just Christians, you know, but strong Christians actually lived their life according to, to Scripture. And yeah. it was it was honestly the first people that I've ever met who, who really, like, put Christianity, their faith at the forefront of their life and lived by it. And then so that was just sort of an an eye-opening experience because I um, I I thought Christianity was foolishness, but the people that I respected most were, were these strong Christians. So yeah, they just right. sent me down this send me down this rabbit hole of like questioning things and and looking at Christianity in different life. And then finally, I opened up the Bible and I started with the New Testament. And then as I was reading the words of Christ, I just knew that this guy was who he said he was. Yeah and from that moment on I I was saved in my opinion and and, um, yeah my life has been radically changed ever since
1: how has your faith so your relationship with Christ connected to um, what you're doing now obviously very conservative you are pushing back you're doing it in a very unique way which I think is awesome Uh, how how are those connected for you
2: Um, or are are they they may not be Yeah, no, they definitely are. I mean, you know, we're, we're called to glorify God in everything that we do. And, and so that's a, um, that's a powerful charge, you know, and, and we take it seriously here, you know, part, our, our mission is to, is to glorify God in our work. And, and so it's, that's been, that's our company culture and that it's built an incredible culture here and, and, um, and we, we, we just rally behind that. And it yeah, it that's the that's the main reason that I think we've had the success that we've had and we make the books that that are as high quality as they are.
1: As you know, our friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Now Mike has done it again by introducing his my slippers. For a limited time, you will save $90 on a pair of My Slippers. This blowout sale of the year won't last, so order now. Mike has taken two years to develop the My Slippers, and they are designed to wear both indoor and out all day long. Made with My Pillow foam and impact gel to help prevent fatigue, they are also made with quality leather suede. Call 1 800 870 0283. Use the promo code SITREP or go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square and use promo code SITREP. This offer will not last long. So order now with promo code SITREP at MyPillow.com. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, pushing back against what's happening in culture is something a lot of people are talking about. Uh, more people talk about it than do it. And I think that your approach is, is super interesting. We're getting ready for this interview, and yesterday I came across this tweet. That's what I was looking for uh, from Dave Reboy. I don't know if you know him. Uh, he, he's very conservative and speaks on a lot of lot of these issues. But he put up this uh, this these side by side tweets from a mom. So the first one is from December of 2021, December 30th, 2021, and I don't know this lady's name, but. Her kind of tagline is trans people and the allies who support them. Have you seen this? I don't know if you've seen this side by side. So, the first one from December 30th, 2021, here's what she says My daughter, seven years old, was extremely excited to receive these books for Christmas, and I couldn't have been more proud. Hashtag allies, hashtag be the change. She got a picture of two books. The one is, they're both children's books. The one is called Jack, not Jackie. And the other one is called Mary Wears What She Wants. So, this woman she wants her daughter Mm -hmm. to be whatever (laughs) okay so january 30th literally a month later right a month later same person uh tweets this out in need of a little advice my daughter seven years old just came to me and said she thinks she wants to be a boy now we are strong lgbtqia plus allies and i've always taught her there's absolutely nothing wrong with these feelings but i honestly don't think that she is a boy inside i want to handle this conversation in a healthy way I do not want to invalidate her feelings. She goes on and on. But at the end of this, so it's a long tweet. At the end of this, she says, her dad is very anti-LGBTQIA and believes that my uh, my teaching her to be an ally would only create problems. So I'm a tad insecure that I've done something to confuse my kid. That's crazy to me. And it's very honest. So I appreciate the honesty in it. But she doesn't backtrack. She just says, I need some help now understanding this. And what was crazy for me, so I read this against the conversation I knew I was going to have with you, and this is where the battle is, right? It's with our kids. Um, We think that changing culture and pushing back against culture is something we need to do in the college setting, which we probably do. We need to do it out in the marketplace, which we probably do. But really, the real battle right now in America, it seems like, is being waged with our children. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because I I think people can dismiss the power of a children's book. And you're on the other side of what this lady's talking about.
2: Yeah. Man, that's that's sad. Um, So the reason that we wanted to do children's books is because I think that books, in a different way than TV shows and movies, they have a different way of reaching kids because they stimulate the mind you know like like there's one illustration per there's one spread but there's a lot of text so so you have to imagine you know and so so it's very powerful and the left what i saw sort of once my eyes were opened, to all this stuff is that is that the left has understood um the nature of children well and how malleable they are you know And, and they understand that that hey if 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 we're all in on this progressive agenda, we need to start at an early age when they're the most malleable, the most vulnerable to ideas, if you will. And so that's what I saw. You know, I, I mean there's thousands of these woke books out there that that are pushing this agenda, not not just the gender identity and trans agenda, I mean just all of them, C R T, etc yeah, yeah. And and yeah, so so you know, parents they were you know, they're, 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 what's what's really sad is like this is sort of self-inflicted on the parent, on the, on the, on the mom, read it to her own kid. Yeah, but what's right. what's what's even worse, in my opinion, is when you have, you know, solid parents who send their kids to school or yeah. send them over to a friend's house and they get it at school, and then and then you know the parents are left trying to play defense after these ideas have already gotten in, and 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 so that's that's the idea behind brave books is to is to teach these kids in a way that, that they really respond to in, in books. And, and, yeah, it is powerful as this is evidence of that fact, unfortunately.
1: Why do you uh, think, um, well, I want to ask you why you think, cause I don't know what you think, <laughs> what you think, but I think, uh, as a conservative and as a Christian, as someone very involved in church and, and in churches, there are a lot of Christians who are not taking this seriously. Certainly there are a lot of conservatives who are not taking this seriously, Uh, Honestly, for me and my family, I have four kids, um, and they're a little bit older. I have a a 22-year-old and a 21-year-old, but I also have a 14-year-old and a 12-year-old. And, you know, for my kids, we've always uh, watched the Disney stuff. We've gone to Disneyland. We live here in Southern California. It's been a big part of our our life. But what was done in Florida, the agenda becoming very clear. It's not just something that happens in a back room. It's, It's very clear and out in the open. Um, for me, that meant I sat my kids down and I said, look, we're not going to watch this anymore. We're canceling our subscription to Disney+. Plus. We're not going to Disneyland. There are other things we can do. And I explained to them why. There is an agenda, and that agenda is anti-God. It's, it's anti-individual you know, individual freedom. There's, I went through all that with my kids. And it's been a little disappointing to me to see other Christians and other conservative parents who just kind of dismiss it as it's not that big of a deal. Uh, is that something you've seen, and and if so, what's behind that? Why is that?
2: I I have seen it. I'd say it's like the the parents are are sort of on polar opposites. They're either like, oh, it's not that big a deal, um, or they once once people see, then they are super aware. They're super vigilant, and they you know they subscribe to their books and they they they. They are yeah. actively involved in their children's worldview, you know, um, and, and they're fighting the fight. And, and one thing I like to say is, you're either actively fighting for your kid's heart, mind, or you're passively losing. Um, mm-hmm. but, but to get back to your, but to get back back to your question, as far as um, as far as why that is, you know, I think that we're all victims of our own experience, life experience, and you know, the way most parents, you know were raised I feel like is is culture had a great deal of of influence on us on our generation and you know we feel like we didn't end up that bad um and that that you know we you'll you'll figure things out whenever you get to college you know um but right right. but it's just it's a different world you know everything has become so politicized from you know the the movies they watch the tv shows the books they read the what they're hearing in school and then once they get to college, now you know it's just further reinforced and further sure, taken to a sure. whole, you know, a whole different level, and and so it's just a different world. And most people, you know, they're living their lives; they're they're not paying a great deal of attention to to this to this culture war, um, but it is real. And and I, I I think I think parents are waking up in general, um, slowly but surely. And once yeah. they do wake up, they are what from what I've seen. They're in it. They are in the fight, and they are fighting for their kids. And and yeah. so I I'm, I'm encouraged about well, I'm encouraged with the tra- trajectory that things are moving with as a, as far as sort of the the awakening of the American parent.
1: Yep, yeah. that's good. I I think also for parents having alternatives, you know, like the books that you're producing and. Other just content for our kids is, is also helpful and important. There was a time where we didn't have anything else, so we just kind of walk around it. You know, like, well, that's part, that part's bad, <laughs> but but the rest is okay. Uh, but now we have alternatives. Um, talk about your books uh, for a minute. How do you choose the topics? How do you uh, determine, you know, what you want to do? And then I'd be really interested in, in not only how you get some of the authors that you get, um, but why you've chosen, I think, I think your most recent book, Zuby is the author. Um, you've had some incredible, just conservative voices get on board. Um, so I'd be interested to know how you pick the topics and then how you connect with these folks who get behind the projects.
2: So as far as the topics, we, you know, we talk to parents and we feel, and we ask them like, Hey, what do you, what do you feel like are the most important topics that, that you need to have conversations with your kids about, you know? And, and whenever we started, we asked that question and, and it's, the answers we got back were you know gender identity my my kids yeah. are hearing a lot about this trans stuff so so want to be able to talk about that sanctity of life communism mm-hmm. you know and so, so so that that that's we look at culture we talk to parents and and then we come up with topics and, uh, and you know as far as getting connected you know when i started this i was just an ophthalmologist i didn't know anybody so i um just sent out some cold emails to a lot of different influencers and Ashley St. Clair, she's like the godmother of Hmm. great books and uh and she (laughs) she responded back and she was like hey this uh this needs to happen um and i want to do the first book on 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 the trans issue like awesome let's do it and um and then she connected us with jack and elizabeth and then from there you know we we feel like we've done a good job um with the books and and of word spread and and you know now people are are coming to us and you know they see what's see what's going on in culture and and i think it's sort of an obvious need that's out there that are are the conservative figures see and so they're they're joining up and it's been amazing i mean the the the, i'm just so thankful for the conservative movement and, and the thought leaders for getting behind us and i mean we definitely would not be there without them for sure
1: they're also um not only are the stories well written but they're beautifully illustrated um who do you have do your illustrations
2: you know, we do a book every month. Yeah, our, our core yeah. our core offering is, is a book of the month club. And so there's no illustrator out there that could do a book a month. So so we've got sure. a, a group of about three to four that, that, that do our books. Um, and we just found them through trial and error, just reaching out. And, and yeah. we've gathered who, who we think, you know, are really like the top – illustrators in the world um some of them use pen names because they don't want to get canceled but uh (laughs) because they want to continue to work yeah exactly um but they're really good and and we've gotten in a really good rhythm with them where you know we we lay out the story and and we we're just starting to get in a really good groove you know um our birthday is in two weeks um Mm. we we launched in july 20th of last year and and so um, i know it seems like we've been around for a Longer than that, but but yeah, we're not even a year old, and and so we're really starting to get in a good rhythm. The books are just getting better and better, and and kids are loving them.
1: That's awesome. What has your response uh, maybe outside of the parents who are buying them and the kids who are enjoying them? What's your response been
2: from others? Um. Well, you know uh, the parents the parents and kids love them. Um, we get we get so much so so much just awesome and fun um, correspondence from our, from our fans. You know, the kids are writing, drawing pictures, sending to us, writing their own stories. Um, So many, so many want to see, want to see it turn into a TV show. So maybe that'll happen. Um, But, but, you know, the left, you know, we've definitely had our our fair share of death threats and all that stuff, but that just comes (laughs) with the territory. You know, there's enough enough crazy people out here that you're going to get that. And, um, you know, it is what it is.
1: It's funny that uh, death threats just come with the territory now. That's no, no, just, right. We all just go like, oh well, yeah. it's just
2: part of the game. That's, <laughs> Making kids books, you know, just what, what you expect now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I had a friend who got docs recently uh, for some stuff that he put out, and uh, the response from his friends was like, yeah, well, join the club. That's just how it works now. This is what happens. Uh, yeah. What a sad, <laughs> what a sad time to be alive. <laughs> um, as a publisher, you're a year old. What's your uh, what's your long term goal? Maybe maybe a movie or a, a television series. Um, will you venture into perhaps uh, preteens, teens, um, something for an older audience? What do you see yourself doing in the next several years?
2: Yeah, so we're actually in pre-production for a TV show. Um, nice. We haven't figured found out exactly who's going to be doing it and all that, but yeah. but that's definitely that's definitely going to happen. Um, middle grade novels are coming, um, potentially some more, some different series, some some, some content that's geared more towards homeschool curriculum, you know, Mm -hmm. like looking at American history in a, in a fun way. Um, you know, we just, we've been blessed with an incredible, incredible creative team and, Mm -hmm. um, and they, they can, they can churn out some amazing work. So, so we're going to put them to the test and and I'm, I'm pushing them uh, because there's just a lot of demand out there. And we okay. want to, we want to hit all the different niches, you know, the homeschool, the, the middle grade, yeah. you know, even, even some books, some board book type things for younger kids. Um, so, oh, cool. so yeah, we're, we're, we're going to be growing um, over the next that's couple of years for sure. That's awesome. Um, man, you're
1: doing such a great work. It's such an important work. And as a parent, I really appreciate that uh, you are doing this and that you've pulled some other folks on board. I think that's, it's huge. It gives even them a, I think a voice with maybe a younger audience, which is great because as those kids grow up, they'll know some of these conservative voices, which is awesome. Um, so, well done. Where can people learn more about and more importantly buy the books um, they need to? So, where can they go?
2: Bravebooks.com. That's the that's the place to go. Um, we got a special offer um, in light in celebration of Roe v. Wade. We're given we're basically giving this book away for free. All you have to do is pay a little shipping. Uh, shipping and handling Uh, it's little lives matter it's on the sanctity of life Um, it's a really really fun book that teaches it in a very very cool way Uh, so so yeah go to bravebooks.com get your free copy and and we hope that you subscribe you know it's a book of the month club and you get a new book every month that teaches a new pro-america pro-god type lesson awesome Trent Talbot thank you so
1: much really appreciate it man and uh, look forward to getting some of those books
2: Yes, sir. Thank you so much, Jeremy. I really appreciate it. All right.
1: Since the beginning of the Mighty Oaks Foundation, we've had the opportunity to speak to large groups of active duty military members on the topic of spiritual resiliency. We try to help those who have been hurt, who have been broken, get back on their feet and align to the purpose that God has for them. When we're talking about resiliency, what we're really talking about is aligning to that purpose before the trauma comes. It's an extension of what we've done since day one. Several years ago, we were reached out to by a foreign military asking us if we could address spiritual resilience to their troops. It turns out that the need for spiritual resilience is not an American need, (laughs) it's a human need. Having learned how to communicate this message to the warriors among us, we've been asked over the last several years to come to other countries, to go to places where the uniforms look similar but may have a different country flag on the shoulder, and communicate the same message, the spiritual resiliency message, to those who are serving in other nations. We find ourselves today, of course, at a very difficult moment in history. We look at all that's happening in the world, and so many in the world are focused on one relatively small country, the country of Ukraine. We've helped the Ukrainian military in the past, prior to the current conflict, helped to serve the families of those who are serving their country. But now we understand that that country is engaged in actual combat at this moment. Uh, that many uh, citizen soldiers, if you will, those who not too long ago were running businesses and raising their families, have put on the uniform and been handed a weapon so that they can defend their homeland, defend their neighborhoods, and defend their families. Really, the question of their nation's sovereignty is still up in the air. Hey, guys, we're in a earpin, and uh, this pile of cars behind us it just showed that they, I mean, the Russians came through this town, they came through the woods in the, in the neighborhoods, uh, we just went to some homes where the, the homes are just torn up, and uh, some of the guys we are with were showing up, uh, you know just videos of the bodies. and uh, uh, this is not, again, it's not military targets. These are uh, civilians, and the Russians came through here and just annihilated these people. Bodies were well I just seen the videos, bodies were everywhere. Uh, so uh, this is the reality of what actually happened here uh, in urban. And while all of this is happening, We have been asked, as the subject matter experts on spiritual resiliency, for those in the military, we've been asked to come and communicate the message we've been communicating for more than 10 years. The message that God is. That in the midst even of difficulty and trial and the unexplained, God has a plan and a purpose for our lives. Many have asked, why are you in Ukraine? (laughs) The simple answer is, because there are humans, men and women, with spiritual needs that can be addressed through the message that those at the Mighty Oaks Foundation have been addressing for many, many years. We'll continue to do what we do at home, our core programming through our legacy programs and our resiliency events for American military members. We'll continue to go to other nations as they ask us to, but right now we're doing the very best that we can to support those who are in extreme need. We're so grateful for the opportunity that we've had and that we continue to have and ask that you would join us in prayer as we do the best we can with what God has placed in our hands, the message of truth that we can steward over for the benefit of those in need. Great interview with Trent Talbot. Please go to bravebooks.com and uh, order the books that you don't have. Sign up for the Book of the Month Club, and you may say, I don't have small children in my house. I would have books and I wouldn't need them. You know, kids that need them. Uh, maybe your grandparent, your young kids, grand- grandkids come over. Uh, man, you're paying monthly for something. Cancel one of those other things. <laughs> Get behind this uh, for two reasons. Number one, because it's very important content. Uh, this is a way that we can push back, and it's it's a great way to do that. Number two, we need to support companies like this one. Uh, I, I don't know what is involved financially or otherwise in getting something like this off the ground. Trent's done an incredible job. His team there, amazing. We need to support them. Uh, get behind them. Check them out at bravebooks.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Really appreciate it. If you are not yet subscribed, do that. Wherever you're listening from, subscribe. Really important. Then go over to YouTube. You can find our channel. Go to YouTube, search for The Situation Report. You will find us there. What you'll probably find is uh, one of our most watched episodes. That's great. Watch that. But then make sure you go to that logo. Click on that. That takes you to our channel. Subscribe, hit the notification bell, leave us a comment. We would love to connect with you there. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you next time.